podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on social media at FPL General. Game Week 23 is done and dusted, and we're looking ahead to Game Week 24 at the weekend. The deadline is Saturday morning, 11am UK time, which is 90 minutes before the early kickoff. Manchester City versus Everton. I'm sure some managers, maybe even myself, will be hoping for some Manchester City team news, which could impact transfers and captaincy decisions. In today's episode, the running order will be the same as usual, a quick game week review, player minutes, watch list updates, player stats, listener questions, captaincy and potential transfers. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, I think. I do have a busy Friday coming up. I'm going to be on the FPL show, which will take up some of my morning. So what I'm thinking is there will only be a podcast on Friday if there's significant new information that we need to discuss. If not much happens, I will probably just leave it as one Tuesday episode this week. So I'll keep you updated on that on X. Regardless, make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and give it a five-star review as well if you get a chance. A quick review of Game Week 23, a roller coaster of a game week. It wasn't looking good before the Manchester City fixture. My rank was had gone from something like 75k, doubled up to about 140, 150 going into the Monday night fixture. I had Captain Haaland, who I brought in for Alvarez, and I had Phil Foden. So thank God for Phil Foden. Absolutely saved my game week. Um, could have even saved my season in many ways because if that game went differently, if Foden blanked, if De Bruyne did well and if Alvarez did well, it could have been an absolutely disastrous game week. I could have been heading towards 200k. So in the end, it was a tiny red arrow, 77k to 78k. Absolutely delighted with that given how Saturday and Sunday went. Things didn't start well with Richarlison banging the brace in the first game of the game week, but all ended well, thankfully. The transfer was Haaland in, and I rolled the second one, so I do have two frees for this weekend. Nothing from the defence, which is common in FPL these days. Blanks for David Raya, Poro, Trent, and Estupinen. Very frustrating to see Estupinen bench, but... I was worried that that could happen. So he's certainly on the chopping block now. Foden with 20. Jared Bone blanked again. Certainly on the chopping block as well. He was almost sold on Monday night for Jota. But I held off. Saka with a nine-pointer. Palmer with eight. Captain Haaland got the assist. Watkins with 18. And Solanke blanked. So again, I'm eyeing up some double game week forwards. And there'll be a question later on, you know, do I sell Watkins, do I sell Solanke, or do I just stick with both? On the bench, a lot of people had big points on the bench this week. I certainly did with Garnacho for sub. It's a funny one. I was hoping Foden would get a rest or get a night off on Monday night. And then somehow he comes along and outscores Garnacho. So that was nice. Elsewhere on the bench, though, nothing from Gusto or Bell at Luton. So overall, 78k, all chips in hand, wildcard available, target top 50k, anything else is a bonus. 
A look at the player minutes now, and I'm very happy to announce that we finally have a new member to the 59th Minute Club. It's been, feels like it's been ages. Welcome Leon Bailey from Aston Villa. He did score, so it's not the best kind of shout-out. I like when people get one-pointers for a 59th Minute shout-out, but good to see Leon Bailey joining the club. His teammate, Consa was very, very close. 58 minutes off, now injured missed out on the Aston Villa clean sheet points. Elsewhere, notable mentions, there was 45-minute appearances for Ariola in goal at West Ham, Zinchenko at Arsenal, Anthony Gordon off at half-time as well with an injury, and Douglas Louise went off at half-time as well for Aston Villa, but he did pick up a very nice assist to add to his tally for the season. Elsewhere, disappointingly, Trent Alexander-Arnold only managed 57 minutes, the same for his teammate Cody Gakbo. Trent is a slight concern now. I own him. I'm going to keep him and hope for the best. But there's a big question to whether you buy him or not now going into this double game week in the near future. Talk about that later. And Darwin Nunes on the bench. Came on. Played 32 minutes. Got a yellow card. Big fat zero pointer. Elsewhere, Estupin in 10 minutes from the bench. Olise. 10 minutes from the bench and injured again. Probably shouldn't have brought him on when the game was basically over anyway for Crystal Palace. Sounds like he's going to be out for a wee while again. And also his teammate Gehi only managed 27 minutes. So Crystal Palace are in big, big trouble. A watch list update ahead of Gaming 24. Players added, first of all, Ross Barkley, who's been very, very impressive for Luton Town this season. He's been picking up attacking returns recently. He's got a good fixture this week against Sheffield United. And then he's got a double game week 25. So if you're looking for an enabler to fund other moves, possibly for some expensive midfielders, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Maybe even Salah if he's back soon. Barkley is a decent short-term enabler. He does blank in game week 26, of course. Also added Cunha from Wolves, a player who's been on and off the watch list quite a few times this season. Just having a very good campaign. And I think from around game week 26 onwards, I think a lot of us will be looking at Wolves players because they've got a nice fixture run. Pedro Neto's already on the watch list. And Mateus Cunha is back now as well. Final player added is a Brentford striker. He joins his teammate Ivan Tony on the watch list, Neil Mopai. Three goals in three games to go with his ridiculous on-pitch behaviour, which is always very entertaining to watch. Again, like Barkley, Neil Mopai is a very cheap double game week enabler that might allow you to do other things. So if you if you want Tony, but you can't afford him because he's, he is expensive, he's around 8.1 million, Mopai, I think, is less than five, so you could compromise, get yourself a Brentford attacker, and that might allow you to get a big-hitting midfielder or another forwarder. If you don't have Haaland back yet, you could do a double forward move, which allows you to get Haaland back by bringing in Mopai as well. So, Barkley, Cunha, and Neil Mopai on the radar. Players removed. Consa because he's got that injury. Similar reasons for removing the Crystal Palace guys, Eze and Olise. Marcus Rashford's gone from the watch list again because I own Garnacho. He is a cheaper version of Rashford and a better version of Rashford at the moment. So I don't see myself doubling up on Manchester United midfielders with 
targeting Liverpool and City players over the next few weeks for their double. So Rashford's gone for that reason and very happy to own Garnacho. Brereton Diaz is gone as well. Just don't see myself buying a Sheffield United attacker and he's not getting enough minutes. I think it might have been around 64 minutes in game week 23. And Nkunku is gone as well for the very simple reason that he plays for Chelsea who are not a good side this season. Cole Palmer continues to tick along nicely. I kind of all along thought I'm never going to sell Cole Palmer. But when he's got a blank soon, when he's also got Manchester City soon... I'm going to keep an open mind on possibly selling Palmer if need be for a better pick during his blank and a city fixture and could always go back to Cole Palmer later. So Nkunku's gone and I would say now Cole Palmer's not a definite season keeper. That is the watch list updated ahead of the weekend's action. Now that Game Week 23 is over, I jumped into the Fantasy Football Scout members area this morning to look at some stats. And these are the numbers that caught my eye across each position. Gavardiol for Manchester City had three goal attempts and he created two chances. So one of my possible routes, I've currently got Foden and Haaland. I want to obviously add a third City player. Now, Kevin De Bruyne has probably jumped to the top of my list. But if I end up getting a defender instead, possibly for Stupinen, I'm looking at Ake Walker. But Gvardiol watching that Manchester City game on Monday night certainly put his hand up as well as another option. So Gvardiol, I probably should have added him to the watch list. I think Ake and Walker are already there. When it does come to choosing a City defender, if I go that route, those three will be under consideration. Fabian Scher, fresh off the back of his brace the week before, had another three goal attempts in this game week. Pedro Porro, good news for his set pieces. He took five corners again, while James Madison took zero. I think that was exactly the same the game week before that. Clean sheets are obviously a problem for Tottenham. Porro, Porro's an interesting one as well because he's obviously got a blank in 26 as well. Not probably a bit like Cole Palmer now. I'm trying to keep an open mind on these players that they don't have to be season keepers. If you're very light on defenders for blank game 26, given that Poro's not getting clean sheet points, then there's certainly a case to be made for selling them as well. Maybe if it's a downgrade, um, maybe even to a city defender that allows you to do something else. I probably will end up keeping them, but I'm sure I'm going to see others selling them. And I think that's fine at the moment. In terms of midfielder numbers, Phil Foden, six goal attempts and three chances created. Now, it's a funny one because going into the Monday night fixture, I've owned Foden for two or three weeks. And I can't say I was massively confident of getting points from him on Monday. So it came as a very pleasant surprise that he got the hat-trick. And obviously that kind of changes him as an FPL prospect now. It certainly raises him up. If you don't have him, I probably would be looking to bring him in for the double for City. Kevin De Bruyne took 13 corners, all of the Manchester City corners. And what I like about De Bruyne taking corners is that he very often just swings them into the box. I was an Alvarez owner for a long time and a lot of his corners went short. So you're missing out on assist potential there. But with De Bruyne whipping them in, with Ruben Diaz, Guardiol, Ake, good targets, Erling Haaland, Rodri, there's probably going to be assists to come from corners there for De Bruyne. So that's again another reason why I would really like to bring him in 
if possible, this week or next week. In terms of chances created, De Bruyne created four, as did Ross Barkley, Douglas Louise and James Ward-Prowse. Ward-Prowse, probably a player we should maybe look at a bit more now, um, you know, set-piece potential, but mainly because Jared Bones kind of fallen off a wee bit and has blanked in his last four games. So maybe Ward-Prowse is arguably the best West Ham pick these days, but probably best advice is just avoiding West Ham given their recent performances. Elsewhere, Garnacho created three chances, so good to see him creating chances as well as scoring goals. In terms of goal attempts, there was four goal attempts, each for Richarlison, Pedro Neto and Cole Palmer. All three of those players had four attempts, three of which came from inside the box. All three are great options, but of course Richarlison and Palmer blank in 26. A lot of people I think will move from Palmer or Richarlison to Neto in 26 because pretty sure Wolves play Sheffield United in that game week. Bukayo Saka had two big chances and he had the highest XG among midfielders, I think it is, 1.18. In terms of forwards, just before I get to forwards, on Saka, I've had him for a long time. I've kept the faith. He's repaid it in the last two game weeks. But again, I want to keep an open mind. That doesn't mean he definitely stays because if I decide that I need De Bruyne as my third city player, the easiest way to get there is from Saka. So, that might be a move I make this week. And if not this week, there's a very good chance I would make it for the double in 25. So Saka De Bruyne to De Bruyne is certainly on the cards. In terms of forwards, Julian Alvarez, five goal attempts, three shots in the box. Watching the game, he had some very good long range efforts, which were very well saved by Flecken, who turned into, he went from Massimo Taibi to Gianluigi Buff. Buffon on Monday night, very, very good performance. Erling Haaland, three goal attempts, all of which were from inside the box. So Alvarez had more goal attempts, but when you look at expected goal involvement, Erling Haaland came out on top 0.72, whereas Alvarez had 0.35. So I made the Alvarez to Haaland switch very much with captaincy in mind for the next few weeks, and I'm hoping Alvarez will not punish. Finally, Mateus Cunha, Five goal attempts, four shots in the box. So just a few numbers that might help you with your decisions over the next game week or two. Before I tackle the listener questions, I just want to mention that February is the best month of this year to sign up to my Patreon because it's free. I haven't done this before, but basically what I'm doing is uh, free February for new Patreon subscribers. If you sign up for a monthly subscription, I will automatically refund your first pledge. You can try it for a month. Then if you like it, you stay, obviously. And if you don't like it, you cancel it before the month is up and then you don't get charged anything. So if you want to check it out for free, this is probably the only month of the year that I will do this. So a good time to do so. Any questions, send me a message on Twitter or send me an email, thefplgeneral at gmail.com. Questions, first one from Sebastian. City or Liverpool, which assets should be a priority to transfer in? I think the short answer is both. Mainly Manchester City because they play in 26, whereas Liverpool don't. So I think you start with Liverpool, sorry, you start with City, get those players in place, but also I think it's absolutely fine to go all in on these teams. I think it's fine to get three players from each 
even if it means only having seven or eight players in game week 26, I think that's fine. You can obviously sell a Liverpool player or two in 26 to get players who actually play. So in terms of who are the best picks to go for, if I had a clean slate, let's say I was wildcarding this week, and on current information, you know, let's say there's no updates on Salah. We don't know what his status is. The first names for Manchester City would be Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden. I just think go after the goals, go after the assists. The defenders, while they're okay in their own right as picks, I say okay, I don't think they're great because they often concede and there's a lot of scope for rotation. I think I don't think anybody's safe. We've seen Walker get a mention. There's a lot of centre-back options. Govardiol has competition at left-back as well. So, for that reason, I think you go all out on the attackers. Haaland, De Bruyne and Phil Foden. Now, if you, still, if you already own Alvarez, I think he's an absolutely fine player to, to ride through this period as well. He's, again, again, got significant minutes on Monday night. Don't think he was substituted. So... He's right up there as well. But for me, top three, Haaland, De Bruyne, Phil Foden. And I'm hoping to end up there. So Kevin De Bruyne, I need to figure out how to bring him into the team. For Liverpool, now I think this is harder because there's question marks over Trent. Hasn't got past 60 minutes in the last couple of games. Is there still fitness concerns there? There must be. So I own Trent. I think if you own him, you keep him. You hope for the best. If I didn't own him... I would be reluctant to buy. I'd be tempted to go Van Dijk or maybe even Allison instead, just for security of minutes. But I certainly think the best picks are Jota and Darwin. Uh, again, assuming we don't get any positive updates from Salah in the near future. Uh, and it's a funny one. I'm kind of making my own plans, hoping that we don't get Salah news because if I make my bed with De Bruyne, it probably means Salah will be ignored, which is a dangerous thing to do. But I feel quite good about, hopefully Trent gets significant minutes. And again, Jota and Darwin, I think, are very good picks for, not just for the double. This week's a good week to get them because they've got Burnley at home. So I'm quite tempted to go there. I've got big decisions to make this week. I want De Bruyne, I want Jota, and I want Darwin. But I'm not going to get them all in one big swoop, unlikely. That would probably be a minus four or a minus eight. But I'll keep an open mind on it. Maybe I play aggressively. But most likely I'll get one or two of them this week. And then the third one the week after. So Haaland, De Bruyne, Foden, Jota, Darwin. And a defensive asset is what I've written down here for the best third Liverpool pick. Now you might decide Trent is going to be fine and you go there. Otherwise I think Van Dijk's safe obviously for minutes and always capable of a goal from set pieces. And Alisson is an option there as well. Keep an eye on Salah updates. Question from FPL Freud. Luis Diaz seems to be going under the radar. Attacking returns in each of the last two matches. And he's 0.6 million cheaper than Jota. Might even be 0.7 cheaper now. I'm pretty sure Jota went up overnight. Luis Diaz, yes, differential. Don't mind it. But he's not my top three. I would get Jota first. I would get Darwin over Luis Diaz as well. But if he fits into your team structure or you've got budget concerns, a short-term punt on Diaz for Burnley and the double is absolutely fine. Question from FPL Bafana. Garnacho's in most of our teams as a cheap midfield enabler and therefore almost always benched. Does his two goals against West Ham mean we should change our thinking and start him more often? 
yeah, I think it should. He's. It's a funny one. The the seven strong attackers versus eight strong attackers is a fascinating concept. I think in FPL because I'm someone who's always played with seven strong attackers. Have a bench player who you're happy to bench every week. It just takes the stress away from the game. Um, we've seen it this week. A lot of people benched Foden. Now that's something I would very rarely do because I'm never really in that position where I need to bench an 8 million plus asset because I don't have them. I've got 7 attackers, then I've got a cheap one as my 8th, whether it's a Garnacho or a Mopai or a Chris Woods or an Archer. Life is just less stressful that way because you don't have to look at 20 pointers on your bench too often. Now of course I did have to look at it with Garnacho this week but I didn't feel terrible about it because I never for a minute considered playing Garnacho over my other picks. Now in hindsight maybe I should have considered the Bowen versus Garnacho call a bit more but Jared Bowen's a player who scored I think it's 11 goals this season. He's playing out of position and Manchester United West Ham, I know Manchester United won it comfortably in the end but we know we never know what Manchester United are going to turn up and that game could have went either way. Could have been a, you know, a score draw and Bowen is involved. So, yes, Garnacho. I think we should start thinking of him not as a 4.8 million midfielder or whatever he is. He's performing as a 7 or 8 million midfielder. And I've got 7 strong attackers. But really now I've got eight strong attackers. So that's going to give me a few more questions each week because I'll always be tempted to play Garnacho now. But I still think I'm going to stick to the process of Garnacho's my first sub, kind of pair my first sub. And if he's needed as an auto sub, it's very good to have him there because he's certainly got high points potential. Um, a few notes here. Garnacho. He scored a brace against West Ham. Looking back, he also scored a brace against Aston Villa in game 19, and that is the next opponent. So he'll be going into that game with good vibes and hoping he can do something similar. What I like about Garnacho recently, 90 minutes in the last five games, so there's no concern over his minutes. The fixtures are Villa away, Luton away, and Fulham at home. So Fulham at home in blank game 26. That's a week I definitely will be starting him because obviously... There's quite a few players who won't have a fixture that week. And then in game week 27, it's Manchester City away. So if you have Garnacho, he's great. And of course, we need to start considering using him in our starting 11 more. And if you don't have him, again, like a Barkley, would you get a Barkley or a Garnacho? I'd probably get a Garnacho. Um, you know, he plays in 26. Yes, he doesn't have the double game week. But I think Garnacho to me, is more likely to be a player you keep all season, whereas Barkley is a short-term fling. Question from FPL, Just Brill. Who are the best Anthony Gordon replacements considering double gimme 25 and blank gimme 26? So yeah, didn't look good for Gordon. He was wearing a protective boot. Now, I think people always panic when they see protective boots. Doesn't always mean there's serious damage. I'm pretty sure Darwin Nunes was wearing a protective boot uh, in the previous game week and then he came off the bench to get half an hour. So keep an eye out for Gordon updates. If you are selling him, or if we do get to Friday and he's ruled out, if you've got cash available, or if you're making two free transfers, downgrading somewhere else, the obvious moves are get Foden or Jota. I still think Richarlison is an option as well. The closer you get to the blank, the less attractive it is. 
But this guy is on fire. He's scoring every week. I think he's got three home games in the next four game weeks. So basically the next three games for Richardson in FPL are at home. Yes, he's got a blank. But who cares if he's got a blank? If he scores in game week 24, 25 and 27, yeah, he's a good pick. So don't rule him out. I think most people will find it very hard to get him now instead of a Foden or a Jota. And I probably agree. Um, those of us who don't have him, we probably have missed the boat. But you can still jump on that boat um, this week or next week. This week, I would say. Next week's probably too late. But certainly don't rule him out. Don't not buy him just because of the blank. I've been saying that for weeks and I haven't followed my own advice. Elsewhere, if you're selling Gordon, players more closely priced to him. Garnacho, who I mentioned. I still like the Villa guys, Douglas Louise, who takes over. And Leon Bailey. Yes, he joined the 59th Minute Club. He was on the score sheet. Pedro Neto mentioned earlier. And then you've got the Barkley punt as well. So there's plenty of options out there. Question from FPL Yogi. Bowen has blanked in the last four. He's still posting decent XGI numbers. And the fixtures are decent medium term. Jump off now. Or do we give him up until game week 30 slash 31 wildcard? Bowen's definitely going for me this week. Um, Yogi said there he's still posting decent XGI numbers. I had to go and check that. Uh, and I know it's a small sample size, but I looked at the last four game weeks because that's where I've owned them, and that's where he's blanked. In the last four game weeks, there's 40 midfielders, 4-0, that have a better XGI than Jared Bowen. There's a lot of randomers in there. Players like Rodri, Lewis Potter, I think Oscar Bob is in there somehow. So these players are all outperforming Bowen at the moment. It, I'm not too concerned about Bowen as a player. It's more West Ham as a team. I don't really trust them. Uh, I think they've been struggling in recent times. So I think Bowen's an easy sell for a City midfielder, a Liverpool midfielder, even a Richarlison, or even a downgrade to enable something else. So Jared Bowen, I think, will be sold by a lot of managers this week. And he's almost definitely going for me. The question is, will it be a straight swap for Jota? Or will I somehow turn Bowen into Kevin De Bruyne? Question from FPL Klopp's mug. Assuming Villa beat Chelsea in the FA Cup, is Watkins to Tony optimal? So, first of all, I don't think we should assume anything because I think that Villa-Chelsea game, is a it could go either way. Yes, Villa will probably be favourites given Chelsea's recent performances. The Villa-Chelsea Cup game is Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this before Wednesday, it's coming up. And if you're listening Thursday or Friday, it's already been played. So let's say if Villa beat Chelsea, Villa will then blank in game 29. So Watkins wouldn't have a fixture. Ivan Tony does definitely have a fixture in 29. And we know he has a double game week. In 25 also. So Tony's attractive. I said earlier, he is expensive though. He's quite hard to get to. Uh, the thing about Watkins to Tony would would decrease the need for a free hit in game week 29. But the way my team's set up, I'm very much leaning toward using the free hit in game week 29. Because I think if things play out as we expect in the cup, I'm going to be extremely short of players. Because I'm probably not going to get to Tony not going to have Richarlison probably either, unless I buy him before then. So I'm going to be very short. Um, on the on the Watkins to Tony move, I think you know Watkins just reminded us again what he's capable of with with the Sheffield United performance, and he does have some very nice games coming up. I think it's around give me 25, 26. So I'm still very reluctant to sell him. He's he's a bit of a cash cow. When you're looking to get De Bruyne's and Jota's, and you're looking for cash, Watkins is one of the obvious places to go. 
but it's not like you're freeing up much money by going Watkins to Ivan Tony. Uh, you're probably only freeing up about a million, maybe even less. So I still think I'm leaning towards keeping Ollie Watkins unless I want to go super aggressive and get De Bruyne, Jota and Darwin. In that scenario, I might need to lose Watkins for financial reasons and keep Solanke instead. So I don't love... I don't love Watkins to Tony. Question from Marcus. What do you think was the reasoning behind Estupinen's benching in 23? Was it tactical or is he now prone to rotation? Well, when he was benched, he's definitely prone to rotation. One game of evidence is all I need for that. I don't want to own him anymore. Managed to get two clean sheets somehow, but probably should have took those points and ran last week. I was slightly tempted by Estupinen to trip here last week. Uh, which obviously would have been nice. Stupin and the reasoning for the benching, he I think he was at fault for at least one of the goals in the in the previous game. I, I remember watching the highlights and he gave a ball away, which resulted in a goal. And then as soon as I seen him hooked at half time, I was concerned. I knew there was a small chance that he would get benched in the next game, which transpired. So he's either he'll either be sold for me this week or he'll be benched because I don't want to play him against Tottenham anyway. And if there's a chance he's on the bench again, then. I'm certainly not going to put him in my starting eleven. Uh, he's probably he's probably a sell, or what I might do is sell Augusto instead, because Gusto doesn't play in twenty six. Estupinen does, so maybe sell Gusto for someone who plays in twenty six, uh, and maybe a double game week in twenty five, and then just bench Estupinen for a few weeks and hope he plays against Everton in twenty six, and at least it gives you an extra player, and again less need for a free hit. Question from John Hyde. With Chelsea a shambles and a blank in 26, is it time to sell Gusto to get a bench player who will play in 26? Currently thinking a Wolves defender, probably Kilman. Yeah, I do like the idea of selling Gusto because he's no good to us in 26. In hindsight, when I was building my wildcard and gave me 20, I can't remember who it was, but someone specifically commented on one of my posts and said, maybe you shouldn't go for Gusto because Chelsea have a good chance of a blank in 26. And I should have paid more attention to that because I picked him anyway and now I'm probably going to sell him or or, or he's useless anyway in 26 so uh, thanks for the comments and apologies for not following your advice the the options if you're selling Gusto you want a 26 defender uh, Wolves are a good place to go so Kilman or Dawson possibly Aston Villa have a good fixture in 26 as well so maybe uh, an Alex Moreno if he keeps his place in the team which looks likely at the moment um, obviously Conte has got an injury now maybe that opens the door for a Diego Carlos to get more significant minutes etc uh, maybe even Matty Cash comes back into the picture if Conte is out elsewhere yeah I mentioned Wolves give me 26 to give me 33 very good fixtures for Wolves, so that is probably a good place to go. Question from FPL Canadian. In a vacuum, who are the top three defenders to have to get through the upcoming double and blank game weeks? The short answer is probably no defenders. If we could play with 11 attackers, most of us would do that. Um, very few points in defence these days. Looking at game week 24, 25 and 26 only. Thinking about defenders... Manchester City defender makes sense. They double and they play in 26. Ake, Walker, Gvardiol are all options. In order of preference, I'd probably put probably put Walker 1, Ake 2, Gvardiol 3. But it's pretty close and it's a bit of a lottery. Arsenal don't have a double, but they play West Ham, Burnley, Newcastle in the next three game weeks. So I still think Gabriel is a great pick or a Saliba. Um, 
And also Virgil van Dijk, if you can get through blank game week 26 without him. And the same goes for Alfie Doughty at Luton. Doughty's a really good option, but obviously doesn't help you out for blank game week 26. Final question is from Schnapps. Is a game week 24 wildcard a good option? Possibly with a game week 25 bench boost. So I had a look at the fixtures here, and I think it's viable. Obviously team dependent. My team is already well set up. Um, with a couple of transfers I'll have loads of Liverpool and City players so I don't need to wildcard to set up for it but let's say you are sitting on for some reason no City players and no Liverpool players right now or maybe only one or two then you might want to really attack this double and in that case you could wildcard in 24 I think there's enough good fixtures in 25 that makes the bench boost attractive as well the key is if you wildcard 24 bench boost 25 Make sure you're ready for 26 because, you know, it's tricky to bench boost 25 and then have a good amount of players to play in game 26. So keep that in mind. Don't get tunnel visioned into 24 and 25. Don't forget about 26 either. And of course, think ahead to 29 as well. If you've got your free hit chip still available though, then you could wildcard 24, bench boost 25, possibly free hit in 29. And then you're probably keeping your triple captainship for 34 or 37. As things stand, I'm probably just going to keep it simple and triple captain Erling Haaland for Manchester City's double game week 25. But I do want to see a sharper version of Erling Haaland between now and then. Moving on to captaincy, the bus team and transfer thoughts. Captaincy for game week 24. Like I said earlier, Manchester City is the first kickoff. So when that is the case, we often get leaks of who is starting and who is not for Manchester City. So I think that will have a massive impact on captaincy and transfer decisions this game week. So in my case, for example, I don't own De Bruyne. I'm probably going to leave my transfers or at least one of my transfers as late as possible. If I see Kevin De Bruyne starting against Everton at home before the deadline, I'm not going to be able to resist. I'm going to bring in De Bruyne. If we get news that Haaland starts, which I think he will anyway, Haaland will probably get my armbands. Other captaincy candidates, De Bruyne is an option of course. You've got Foden off the back of his hat-trick. I still don't mind Alvarez as a captain if we get news he's in the starting eleven. Elsewhere, Jota and Darwin have a very good fixture at home to Burnley. So that's a really good place to go as well. Richarlison is at home to Brighton. I really like that for a captaincy as well if you own him. Solanke's away to Fulham. Saka's away to West Ham. And Palmer is away to Crystal Palace. So there's lots of options again. For me, I think it will be Erling Haaland's at home to Everton. The bus team, before any transfers are made, David Raya, Trent, Poro, and then a decision between Estupin and Augusto, probably Gusto reluctantly, if I end up not making a transfer in defence this week. Saka, Foden, Palmer and Bowen. Bowen will go. Erling Haaland, Ollie Watkins and Solanke. And then on the bench, you've got Ariola Garnacho, whichever one of Estupin and Augusto I don't play, and Bell at, Bell at Luton. Uh, Bell actually plays Sheffield United, so I could even play him over Gusto and hope for a home clean sheet for Luton. Also could obviously play Garnacho instead of a Bowen, but I'm probably going to sell Bowen and leave Garnacho as first sub. 
A few notes on transfers, two free transfers, 1.8 in the bank. Bowen to Jota feels like a no-brainer and I was very close to doing it you know, right after the Manchester City game because Bowen was dropping in price, Jota was going up in price, but I just watched the City game and De Bruyne, I just, I do not want to go into a double game week without De Bruyne. I don't even want to go into another single game week without De Bruyne. He's just that good. Joy to watch. Very painful watching Manchester City without owning him. So many routes to points from set pieces, open play, all that kind of stuff. So Bowen to De Bruyne instead is on the cards. What I could also do is stick to the Bowen Jota idea and maybe Saka goes to De Bruyne. But I think in that case, I'm slightly short of cash, maybe 0.3, 0.4. So I'd have to make a third move, which would be a minus four. And that's when Watkins to Darwin starts to tempt you to free up cash, get Darwin for Burnley and the double, and hope that Watkins doesn't do too much damage over the next few game weeks. So lots on my mind. Richarlison's an option, but I'm probably not going to go there over a Jota or a De Bruyne. Gusto to a Manchester City defender was something I was looking at, or Alfie Doughty. So I could do Gusto to Walker or Ake. Then I could just bench a Stupinen and keep him for game week 26. But the way defenders are scoring these days, the way Manchester City often concede, my rotation concerns among the Manchester City defenders, I think I'm just going to get De Bruyne instead. So it might mean ignoring my defence in terms of transfers this week. I've got Poro, Poro, I've got Trent, those are fine. And then it's just a case of maybe just play Gusto, Bell or Stupinen and hope for the best. Um, the other option that I mentioned, Darwin in for Burnley and the double game week. Question then is, do you lose Watkins or Solanke? Could do Solanke to Darwin if I don't get Darwin and Jota. Sorry, De Bruyne and Jota. So lots of different scenarios here. Ivan Tony's on the cards, but I just feel he's, he's a wee bit expensive for my team structure at the moment and I'm much more likely to get Darwin rather than Ivan Tony. Like I said, probably just going to end up free hitting in game week 29. Thank you for taking the time to listen folks. Have a great week and I'll talk to you on Friday if there's another episode. If not, best of luck for game week 24 when it comes. Check out the Patreon free trial. If you're not interested in Patreon, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general. Once you do so, I will email you a link to join my FPL Discord server. Talk to you soon, folks. Sports Social Podcast Network.